Hi guys, this is Doug Fletcher. Welcome back to What's the Hazard. It is Friday, June 26th here in Omaha, Nebraska. We've got a nice day here. Uh, it's warm. Going to be a little hot this weekend, I think, right, Jimmy? It will be very hot. Going to be a hot weekend. Very um, hot weekend. Looking forward to it. It is Friday. Uh, we've got a guest in the studio with us today who shall remain nameless uh, for reasons uh, that I'll disclose at another time. Um, really looking forward to the show today. We, uh, My guest is Jim Cover, the director of the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group, program manager, director, his highness, what do you prefer, man? What's uh, the program manager probably will get me in the least amount. <laughs> program manager. Excellent, man. Very good. Uh, thanks for being here. Hey, I appreciate it. my pleasure, it. as always. I appreciate it. We, um, I've been wanting to talk about industrial hygiene, uh, something you're an industrial hygienist, I'm an industrial hygienist. We both started the same year, come to find out. Yep. Uh, you started with the, the Nebraska Department of Labor mm-hmm. in 1996. Yep. August. I started with OSHA, Fed OSHA here in Omaha in 1996. Wow. Uh, you got a lot of training. I did not. Um, <laughs> Actually, you got more training than I did for a number of years. Back right? in those days, oh, really? Boy, it was it was sad. I was always so envious of the con- consultants got so much training, and the enforcement guys were basically just thrown to the wolves, you know? The the consultation guys did, but the workplace safety guys, it was pretty uh, catch-as-catch-can. Is that right? That yeah. was So that was the, you were originally with the uh, 757 yep. program. I, I was giving, uh, given a, what was it, the Safety Council Industrial Gene Textbook. Okay. <laughs> And nice. a pat on the back, and you might want to read that. Yeah, yeah. Take a look at this mm-hmm. and get out there. Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize that because I knew that the consultants, the the uh, yeah. 21D folks, got tons of training. You guys were in tra- – they were in training yeah, every they, month. Constantly. We were constantly. struggling to get training yeah. even back when I was with OSHA in the beginning. So I, I, have, a, I, have, a lot, I have a lot of sympathy for the folks that have, you know, out in the world that – don't know what industrial hygiene is or how to do it because it was a long pull for me too. Yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Well, um, so we're going to talk a little bit about industrial hygiene from the enforcement perspective, from the consultation perspective, what you guys are doing. Uh, Your group offers industrial hygiene services, and we need to talk a little bit about that. I do want to start off by thanking my sponsors. Um, This is, uh, man, this has been an out-of-pocket expense for me for about the last seven or eight months. And there are a number of folks that have stepped up now that uh, believe in what we're doing. I think you know think the information is worth providing, uh, and have agreed to help sponsor the program. And I I am sincerely grateful for that. So uh, I want to take a minute and give you some information about my sponsors. I hope you check into them. You know, go to their websites, check them out, give them a call. Uh, first, CCS Group Custom Concrete Specialists out of Seward, Nebraska. Uh, I'm going to read you their. Uh, their promotion, and then I'm going to tell you a little bit about them myself. CCS Group is a leading expert on safety and longevity of concrete structures. Their focus is on superior customer service, quality materials, and workmanship. Nationwide services include structural liners, carbon fiber technology, exterior restoration, and structural assessments. Uh, these guys refurbish concrete grain elevators, and if you're if you're from the Midwest. Uh, you're nodding as if that you know it's it's, it's incredible, man. Um, if you were in the Midwest, you see these beautiful structures. You know they're aging, they're deteriorating. Uh, concrete elevators all over the place. Uh, everywhere you drive, every community had an old concrete elevator. Uh, CCS Group goes in and renovates these things, makes them safe again. Um, really fascinating stuff. They uh, actually their owner. Cheyenne Wolford and their safety manager Josh Los 
uh, post some videos to LinkedIn. So if you can, connect with Josh Lose, L-O-O-S, on LinkedIn and check out some of the videos. They put a lot of really interesting stuff on that, uh, showing some of their work. Uh, my comment about CSES Group is um, if you are a, an owner, if you are a GC, uh, if you are looking to have concrete refurbished, um, these guys are incredible. They do their work safely. They're committed to safety, obviously, by sponsoring the program. Uh, you know, they, they believe in the message. And so uh, go to CCS Group online and check them out. Very, very interesting company. Uh, second sponsor of this episode is Safety Reports. And you guys know Steve Polich and the folks over at Safety Reports. Uh, safety Simplified, these guys have developed apps that uh, make your life easier. If you're a safety manager uh, and you're not using Safety Reports, I, I suggest that you take a look. Safetyreports.com, check out their service. I mean, they do a number of things. Their apps are incredibly useful. I use them. I know many of my clients use them. If you're not using Safety Reports, you need to look into it. Um, as of July 1st, I'm, I'm just finishing the paperwork right now, and it is voluminous. Uh, but the Nebraska Department of Labor on-site consultation group is sponsoring the podcast. And Jim, man, I, I, sincerely, I know it's hard to say uh, with a straight face, but sincerely, thank you very much, oh, man. You're, you're more than welcome. I, I truly believe in what you're doing. I, uh, I appreciate that, and I appreciate all of your support coming on here and and uh, speaking with us and that kind of thing too, man. So, um, And once I get through that 240-page contract and get all that signed. If you had any idea what it took to get to this point. I cannot imagine, man. But uh, thank you for your persistence and for making that happen. I do appreciate that. With the help of these sponsors, we're going to continue to do these podcasts. And so uh, it is much appreciated. So let's get back to the topic at hand, industrial hygiene. Um, tell me a little bit about the services that consultation that, that you guys offer okay. here in Nebraska. Um, essentially, I have two industrial hygienists I have, that have a master's degree in industrial hygiene. No shit? Yes, which oh is very unusual for consultation. Wow, we, for are, we are now the envy of the region. Mm -hmm. um, one of them actually graduated from the Tulane School of Medicine no with kidding. his master's degree. Wow. Yes, so I'm, I'm, quite, I'm quite impressed with ourselves right now, but we... We offer free of charge industrial hygiene sampling to any small and mid-sized high-hazard employer within Nebraska. Okay, what's the size then? Well, I mean, what uh, do you consult? 500 nationwide, 250 on site. Okay, uh, at the location. At the location. Now, the 500 number sometimes, um, if we're not busy, I can fudge a little bit and okay. increase that. But because I know a lot of places right now, they're owned by some other parent corporation. They right. might only have 20 people on site, but they're owned by some corporation yeah. Yeah. but we, we can we can sometimes mess around with that a little bit but anything that you can think of short of mold sampling mm -hmm. and maybe even in certain cases we would do that but preferably not right welding sampling yeah you've done it yeah we've done there's it. a history of there's it there's a history it's, uh... but it's 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 not a fun process and there's not a lot of scientists that want to stand up and give you right. that numbers that you can Sure. Gauge things by, but right. we, you know, welding sampling, uh, paint vapor sampling, mm -hmm. or any, you know, any chemical vapor sampling is our bread and butter. Right. You guys doing silica? Obviously, we do silica. That's the big one right now. Right now, um, everybody's doing silica. Probably, the, probably the main one right now. I would think with the new, you know, the model, it's not so new anymore. But the standard change down to where it is. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much, if you work with any stone cutting or concrete work at all, right, and you haven't done any silica sampling. 
you are just waiting for a citation. Yeah, you're behind point. the curve. I yeah. know that, uh, just not if this is a true statement, I know that the enforcement guys are out there basically looking for clouds of dust, right? I mean, yeah. I know that um, a letter has gone out about the National Emphasis Program, mm-hmm. so if you are in, a, in an industry that is probably or potentially using silica or at least exposure to silica in your work processes, um, you're on the list. Yes, definitely. And on the uh, list. they've they've given you fair notice, and mm-hmm. they're going to be looking for you. So, and the new fines aren't cheap. No, and, and they go up every year, man. This new uh, this are, are we around eleven thousand now? Per thirteen. Thirteen uh, grand per serious citation, and. Obviously, something like silica exposure is going to be considered serious, if not, I would if say. not worse. So. And most of the things I see, I would say severe. Yeah, no <laughs> doubt. Like, and, and perhaps even willful. Yeah, because yeah, like the two guys I passed this morning on the way here covered in cement flour. Without, right. With, with bandana, I might add. Though. Right. So, oh, well, there you but go. But they had their Good bandanas on at least. So right. They were somewhat not protected. But yeah. so you guys and, and noise, I'm assuming you're doing noise. physical hazards as well. Yeah, and, you know the, the the industrial hygienists they do do some physical safety, mm-hmm. but generally speaking, the, our safety guys not always, but a lot of times have already been through. So the the things that they're going to see are fairly limited. But we right. do have sometimes they'll find something significant and they'll let right. it, they'll sure. let the employer know about it. But well, for the most part, we focus on what the employer wants to do as far as industrial hygiene work. Right. So I mean, basically, and, and for those of folks that are listening that don't know, I mean, industrial hygiene uh, is essentially just, I mean, we've always referred to it and we are trained to refer to it as the recognition, evaluation, and control of these different agents in the work environment, whether they be chemical, physical, biological, uh, what have you, to evaluate those and control those. And um, and I think uh, in my experience and probably yours as well, uh, there are a lot of companies out there that are if unaware of exposures like that in their work environments, they are maybe not even interested in evaluating those things. Yeah. It, 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 I mean, it, it really varies. I mean, when I worked with 757, I want to say I probably saw employers that were more like what OSHA runs into that maybe aren't as aware, mm-hmm. either <laughs> willfully or not willfully. Right, intentionally unaware. Yeah. But, you know, like the ones that I typically work with and have, you know, they're, they're trying to do the right thing. So they're right. trying, they're a little more aware. They're trying to work you know, to get better. But even once in a while, we still find some, you know, we walk into a place and your jaw drops and you're like, uh, right. okay, we, we have to do something right away. Right. How could you not have recognized yeah, this? Yeah, but, you know, the bad thing is, and this is why I think that what you're doing is so important, once you get west of Lincoln 60 miles, there is little to no help out there right. for people. Like when we used to do the round robin thing and tour the countryside giving talks, mm-hmm. nobody does that anymore. Right, I know. I mean, I mean there is the internet, but... Yeah. If you don't know where to look or you don't have the time to look, you know. Well, and sometimes without a presence out west, there's a really very little interest. Yeah. I mean, you know, people don't pursue those things. We used yeah. to just say that OSHA was just a rumor out in western Nebraska, man. I mean, you know. I can actually remember the first time I ever heard of an OSHA inspector being around Cozad. Mm-hmm. He actually hit the John Deere dealership at Willow Island. Oh, yeah, yeah. And the owner of that place was hacked. Because he had to put guardrails up on his staircase. <laughs> right. I mean, he couldn't imagine right. why. Why do I need to do that? Exactly. Oh, that's funny, man. So, just to reiterate this point, and 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 I am a consultant. I, I don't mean to be, you know, destroying my own business here. And I'm an industrial hygienist by training, so I do a lot of sampling for many of my clients. But as far as small business is concerned, on-site consultation to do this industrial hygiene free. With as mm-hmm. as in no charge, no charge 
is incredible, man. I mean, that is, you know, I can tell you from my experience that a basic sampling event where I might do noise and some air contaminants, maybe silica, maybe, you know, vapors of some sort, uh, hang a few dosimeters and do some noise sampling, you're looking at four or $5,000 I would think easily. I, th- well, I think know, when I start, well, you and I started in 96, I was always told the, the running IH service then was 100 bucks an hour plus mm-hmm. plus equipment costs plus lab fees. Right. And that's been 20-some years ago. The analytical cost, yeah. the equipment cost, the shipping and handling. Yeah. And when I used to work for 77, I used to have to bill for the lab fees. Oh, yeah. Oh, really? And that you know that's been over 10 years ago now and it wasn't unusual to charge somebody three to five thousand dollars just for lab fees yeah i remember mm-hmm. like even like 10 years ago each uh you just to get seven metals back on a on a welding scan right was like i don't know 200 bucks that's about 200 bucks that's exactly is right still, is it still i mean i have a bill oh yeah you, you know you can do those uh profiles welding profiles where they might do 15 metals uh-huh. or even 21 metals and those are a couple hundred dollars yeah. uh you know the three isoforms for Respirable silica, you know, you're talking about quartz, cristobalite, tritomite. Those are a couple hundred dollars. So they're, they're not appreciably a lot more, but it does yeah, add up. It adds it's up not pretty cheap, quick. Man. And, like, and then, like, I like to say, too, like what we do, since Uncle Sam's picking up the tab, that's um, kind of sky's the limit when we do things. Mm-hmm. There was an old consultant that taught me one time when I took over that if you turn a metal sample in and ask them for a full scan, everything that shows up on the spectrometer, they report to you. So instead of picking your seven or 15 mm-hmm. for each welding fume sample you take, you'll get a two and a half page printout for each guy. <laughs> Anything that shows up, right. they send us. If you had to pay for that out of pocket, oh you're my God, at five, yeah. 600 bucks a pop. And so again, I mean, I, I, you know, there are times where people probably need a, a third party. They probably, um, whether it be some type of litigation or employee complaints or something, I do a lot of sampling uh, in response to em- employee concerns. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But if you're a small business and you need industrial hygiene, and in all likelihood you do. I mean, frankly, if you're in manufacturing, yeah. if you are in construction, if you are in any number of industries other than maybe telemarketing, and I, I think I've done indoor air quality assessments in telemarketing locations, but you probably need some industrial hygiene done. If you've never had anybody through, you need somebody through. Yeah, no at, doubt. At least just to say one way or the other yeah, I don't think you have anything to worry about, or we need to look a little further, right. one way or the other. And so you've got two guys that cover the state? Yeah, uh, the one gentleman out, in, he's in North Platte so far. His name's Kengo Okuda. Hmm. He covers pretty much everything west of, of Grand Island. Okay, uh, We might start bringing him a little bit east, depending on workload. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other gentleman we have here, is in, he's in Omaha right now. His name is Anthony Blake. Um, both of them are phenomenal industrial hygienists. They're they're you know fairly younger than me, so they're fairly young, right? Um, <laughs> of course they and are. And they, they, they are very good at what they do. They're very, very friendly. They're very thorough and very intelligent. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't say enough good things about them. Um, I'm so happy to have them on board. I good just hope you. I can keep them. Right. I don't know right. how I'm going to do that exactly. But, but I mean, if, if you want them to do some service, yeah. as, as a, they go to you, right? Well, they come through you as, yeah. the, as the program director to get scheduled and do those things. On our website, there is an online registration form. And all you have to do is go to that. And you can ask for a safety or an industrial hygiene. We call it health mm-hmm. or both. I would you know, encourage you, everybody to use both because mm-hmm. you've already paid for the service. You might as well take advantage of it. Right. But uh, fill that out. It gets sent directly to my email box. I figure out who is going to get the 
the visit, right. and then they contact you from there. And you'll get a letter within 48 hours from us or an email saying that, thank you for sending us your request. Well, somebody will be in contact with you in the near nice. future. Nice. And really right now, the industrial hygienists, especially out west, um, there is no waiting right now. Oh, good. I mean, if you if you need something next week or the week after, I'm pretty sure Kingo can hook you up. And if even not much further out than that, Anthony can probably take care mm -hmm. of me too. Excellent. I mean, not everybody's really willing to have visitors in right now with everything going on. But well, were you the only IH for a while when you were out in the field? For I mean, a while. Because there was quite a backlog at one time, as yeah. I recall. Yeah, it, was... it, used, it used to be I was almost a year and a half behind mm -hmm. and or more. And that, that has gradually diminished over the last couple of years. So it's a, it's a good and a bad thing. It was really great to know that I had job security forever <laughs> right, in a day, but right. not great for the employers because they yeah. had to wait so long. Yeah, man. But, uh, you know, and also too, like I want to mention too, if OSHA has visited your facility and you have some things. One of our friends. Yes. Yeah, so that you have some work that you need done to maybe uh, come into compliance with mm -hmm. your, your, your settlement agreement. We can work with you on that too. As long as we have your settlement agreement faxed to us, mm -hmm. um, if you need noise testing, air testing, or just somebody to walk through, look at a process, whatever OSHA will let mm -hmm. once done, you let us know, you sign up, we'll be there as right. fast as we can get there because I'll, I'll prioritize you. Well, that is the problem oftentimes. I don't think employers, particularly with industrial hygiene, know what it is they need. Yeah, and it, it's all. It's they don't understand now. necessarily what initial monitoring needs no. to be done or whether something or, needs to be monitored or Yeah, and, and you know, literally what's industrial hygiene? Exactly. I mean, most people, I know when I first applied for the job, I had to look it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I was, I was an environmental thing. guy. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what is this, clean machines? Yeah. What's this guy do? Uh-huh. Oh, I had yeah. the same issue, man. I started at, I started with the Department of Defense as an industrial, entry-level industrial hygienist. Had no idea what it was other than the prerequisite was a, you know, a biology and chemistry background. And <laughs> yep. I had fumbled through many years of that. So, you know, I was a candidate and uh, you know, just kind of learned you know, through trial and error. Yeah, I was, the, the school of hard knocks with this is uh, mm -hmm. pretty profound at times. And, and then that's probably why it's not a gr I mean, you can do industrial hygiene yourself. As mm -hmm. a company, I mean, you can hang some pumps, you can do some dosimetry, but if you're not familiar with that, if yeah. you're not comfortable with it, it, there's a lot of things that can go wrong with that. And, and, so. I, and I've worked with employers on that too. It's like, especially with the silicon now becoming, you know, you're, if you do get over the action level or the Pell, heaven forbid, you're going to have to do periodic monitoring. Right, right. Well, or hex chrome was the one where I started doing this too. If you have to do periodic monitoring, I can't pop in four times a year most right. times to do that for you. Right. Most small companies can't afford to do that, have somebody hired to do it. So if, if you need help with that, we can mm -hmm. do the initial monitoring, but I can, I can have my guys work with you and, and help you walk you through how to do it yourself. Yeah, that's helpful. Uh, the lab we use, We'll send you a care package if you sign up with them. Mm -hmm. Or and that's most of the you, other who, ones. You guys use do. Wisconsin? Yeah, we still use Wisconsin. Okay. And they are very good about they'll they'll walk you through it from start to finish. They'll send you a care package. The only thing they don't do is they don't send like a way to calibrate your pumps. They send them pre-calibrated. Right. But then I mean for mo for most intents and purposes, that's gonna get you by for what Typically. you need to do. Yeah. And then you you run your pumps, you take your samples. If you need help, mm -hmm. you call us. We walk you through it. Right, help and interpret then, the yeah, results. Yeah, we'll help you do that. Which is too. always confusing. Yeah, and still to this day, it sometimes still is. Yeah, it can be. <laughs> well, I mean, remember the old days, the old silica days, man, uh, when we had to actually calculate right, based on the, the percentage rolls. of silica. Yeah. And the, yeah oh oh my God, man! There was a taste factor. I think you had to taste the sample or I something. Used to get Oh, yeah, man. I'm telling you. And uh, I can't tell you how many times they were wrong. I mean, I would review calcs, and yeah. uh, they were wrong. That, that, that's probably the one good time. thing 
for employers about this this new, new regulation. There is a number that That's for the most right. part they you can't mess up. Yeah, it's, it doesn't take some calculus formula slide rule to get to right. it. But it was a little challenging, oh, and, and oh, there is some of that. I mean, yeah. when we're when we're you know when you're calculating yeah. uh, total contribution of multiple metals or whatever yeah. the case might be, there there's a little bit to it. Yeah. So it's not a bad idea to. Um, I do the same thing with my clients. I, I typically like to be in the plant, help them develop a sampling strategy, do the initial monitoring, and then coach them along the way. Because as you yeah. said, it's really not practical for us to go back. Not all the time. And, you know, like for us, for the most part, we get one shot per year. Mm-hmm. Now, there are some extenuating circumstances where my guys can go back. Like if we find something that's truly heinous or, right. or life-threatening or maybe something we just haven't seen before, mm-hmm. we can go back a few more times to make sure we, we button it up right, right, which is a kind of a new thing. It used to, I used to get fought on that all the time. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kansas City has been very gracious the last few years and said, no, if you find something that's very serious or you're worried about, right. go back a couple extra times and button it up right. Yeah, they need you to come back yeah. and help and, them. And I'm more than willing to do that. I mean, we're, I mean the pay is the same. We're not, you know, right. we don't get a bonus for the more visits we do or anything. Right, right. So, well, but, so, so – on that subject, man, there are a number of I, I know a number of companies that utilize consultation services repeatedly. I mean, they're coming back to the well, if not every year, every other year. They want to be on the schedule, and then there is a group of businesses that probably have never reached out to. I'm finding out there's a number of people that don't even know we exist. That don't know you exist yeah. because I know there was there there has been some reluctance to call a government entity yeah. on the part of some companies, yeah. and that's probably. Well, I guess right now it could be more, but I, I thought that was diminishing. Well, I, and I totally understand that because you know the, the you know that old phrase I'm here with the government. I'm here to help you, right? You know, even me working for the government, I would be Larry my own self, right? Right. But, yeah, but no with doubt. our group, I mean, we're as close to a private consultation group as right. you're going to get, right? Without being private, and we're we're completely confidential from Federal OSHA. I mean, I've had some people some private people out there that will tell you differently and i'm here to set the record straight there is zero communication between my office and the omaha office right unless it's just just a meeting between like we're going to kansas where, sure. where, where are we eating and where are we going to i mean for do you cocktails? even know any of the guys in the omaha office? i know about three maybe <laughs> I mean, four all the I rest mean, of them are gone now yeah most of the I guys do. that you and i worked with yeah. are on they're they're retired so, somewhere and but I know, like the last time we had somebody show up at one of our facilities that we just had just been to, I wish I, I should have like a Venn diagram of the steps involved because it was like the employer told them, they went to the parking lot, made a phone call, they called Omaha office, Omaha office called Kansas City office, Kansas City office walked across the hall to our Kansas City office, who then called me, and then I called my guy and verified, yes, we're still in, and then the daisy chain I went all the way back. Right, right. They- yeah, that, that gives you a lot. That gives a, a company uh, a little buffer. Yes. If they're working with consultation, yeah, I mean, other they, than uh, unprogrammed stuff. Yeah. Now, the bad thing is that we there is a, there, some folks think that once we're there, that we're that blanket exists forever. Right. And it really only exists until the consultation is closed, which is if we don't find any hazards when you get the report. Right. Or if we do find hazards, when you send us the abatement sheet back saying you fixed everything. Right. And then, and then so yeah, once the activity that happens, is concluded. Yeah, once, once those two things happen. And then you're potentially back on the yeah, radar. Yeah, the, the target goes back on your back again, unfortunately. Right. Unless right. unless you're good enough to go into the SHARP program. Yeah, no doubt. Which there, there's a few. You know, actually, right now, there aren't that many in the 
in the magazine that we're looking to get get mm-hmm. on board, but uh, we'll have to figure that out here shortly. Yeah. Well, so um, that is interesting. So um, there are folks that don't know about consultation, and like you, that I find that hard to believe at this point, man. I mean, when I was with OSHA, the only group that I was allowed to endorse mm-hmm. while I was the compliance assistance guy was consultation, and we did that regularly. And I um, think OSHA still does that. I mean, I, I hear about it, and mm-hmm. I hear so a few employers say, yeah, they told us we should use you, but I don't know what happens after that. Point. Yeah. They must hire somebody private to come do it. Yeah, which you know that's fine. But what's, the, what's the website, man? While we're while we're on the subject, well, if you just Google Nebraska Department of Labor, okay, it, it'll pop right up, and then you have to, but you have to look for the safety okay. box. Okay, it, it's not a very click on the safety tab. Yeah, once it's not, you're on the it's not a really streamlined process so okay. just to look at. But if you if you get to that part. Find employer services. Okay. Click safety. You you'll got get a 50 to 50 chance at that you'll point. You'll get to us. It, it would be just, you know, if you just Google my name, Jim Cover. Uh huh. Do you have the same phone name. number that Eldon had? 4717? Yes, I do. Actually, I do. And I, get, I do get some interesting phone calls. Every I'm sure once you did. So 402 471 4717. That's the number. Okay. And they can just call you directly, yep. go onto the website, yep. whatever. Or, or jim.cover at nebraska.gov will get you my email too. Oh, good. Okay. But um, yeah, if you if they haven't been using consultation, they they need to at least have somebody come on site, do an initial assessment, and make that determination, man. Right? And then like you, it kind of blew my mind that people didn't know about us. But we, you know, thinking back on it, we don't. We never advertised. Yeah, you don't. Until recently, right? Uh, OSHA's you know on site inspections for you know just run of the mill general inspections kind of dropped off the last few years. Mm-hmm. The recession kind of hurt us too because there was a lot of companies we did business back pre-2007 that didn't survive 2008. Yeah. It wiped a bunch out, and I, you know, and there's been a, a lot of transition since then, and I think right. there's just not a lot of new people out there that don't know about us. And, we're, we know, really, we're kind of under rocks. You know, you, you have to kind of look for us. Yeah. You have to, and we, you know, the conferences aren't as big as they used to be right. where you'd see us. That is true, man. The, the, the whole conference world has kind of diminished, diminished yeah. hasn't it? Very, very much so. I mean, like, yeah. like uh, the last one I was to here... One of the two cities, I won't make any mm-hmm. pointy fingers, but mm-hmm. I was telling the young pups that, I'm like, now imagine this with 10,000 people. Right. And they're like, no. I'm like, yeah, that's the way it was what it once was. Right. So, right. And now it's maybe around 1,000, if that, maybe right it, it is different. And so hopefully, you know, th- you know, uh, media like this will help get the word out I a little so. bit. I, I mean, hope so. uh, I truly hope I so. I hope so, man. Um, well, let's talk a little bit about the sampling itself. So, and the issues that you run into, I, you know, um, I find it remarkable. I, I, you know, one of the things I think one of the biggest problems and misconceptions is, and, you know, if I'm wrong, let me know. Uh, well, don't. But um, one sample. I mean, I have a lot of clients. I've worked with a lot of companies that have taken one sample mm-hmm. at some point during the history of that company. They had somebody from their insurance company, the, probably the, the golden sample, come in the golden sample, yeah. and he took he or she took one sample yeah. of one process and deemed everything either yeah. acceptable or or a disaster based on that one sample. <laughs> yeah, that that ha- still happens quite it's, a bit. I mean, it's just amazing to me that you know on that one day, typically in July when all the doors are open, probably in all likelihood, they took one sample and that's it, and they don't yeah. do anything else. And I think that's. Uh, Unfortunately, that's a mistake. Yeah, and, that, and that's that would be my interpretation. Because I know, that, like you were mentioned, some people come back year after year. So I, I, there's a handful of companies I used to work with year after year after year after year, and we'd repeat the sampling. Mm-hmm. Just, it got to the point it was just, it was really just 
well, we were doing it for industrial hygiene, you know, mm-hmm. to document exposures. Right. But, you know, for the most part, their processes didn't change remarkably from one year to the next. But every so often, you'd find something that we'd go, well, hold on here. What is this? Kind of an outlier or and some weird... come to find, you know, mm-hmm. you would discover things that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise discover. Or they would right. run a slightly different product, or maybe somebody does something slightly different, and... Boom! You have an exposure that you wouldn't have known otherwise. Even the operator, I mean, yeah, just... it operator it makes welding used to be a huge thing. Because depending on how you mm-hmm. weld, like I weld, like I don't know, like three three inches from my nose, right? And that's because that's all I can. I'm not a horrible welder, but you know, these other guys they can hold it out at arm's length and lay down a perfect bead, right? Well, their their exposure is going to be tremendously less than the guy that's three inches away from the product, or right. in a corner, or in a little enclosed area, or. And that's where the variability shows up when we catch that sometimes. We can be able, we're able to figure out solutions before they come right. to problems. I would agree. But I, I think it's important for companies to realize that we're not, we're not trying to gouge them. We're not trying no. to overwork them. But they do need more than one sample typically yeah. in order to make some realistic yeah. decisions about these exposures. And so, you know, as a consultant, I tell them, look, we need to get representative sampling done. We need to do this many people, take this many samples. And they look at me like I'm... Um, Gouging them. You know, trying to gouge them, and, and I'm not, but it's just no. not good industrial hygiene to take. You know, that, that's been one thing that we've been very lucky to have, for, even since I started. I mean, when when I would roll up onto a site, my average loadout was 10 decimeters and 10 pumps. Mm-hmm. And I could increase that up to 20 if I had to or more. So, I mean, if, you know, we're like a private consultant or even OSHA, they'd show up and have one, two, three, or four pumps to hang right. at, at most. Right. We would sit there and flood the area in one shot and flock shoot everything. Like, yeah. if, it, if it didn't move, it didn't get a pump. Sometimes it still got a pump. Right, exactly. You know, we'd be like, well, we're here. We might as well do it. Yeah. So, we know we'd get, you know, if there's 10 welders, we're getting 10 samples. That's good. Because, you know, because you know, the, the pumps aren't infallible. They'll die or oh, they do. Oh, something God, happens yeah. or the welder accidentally pops the, the cassette off. or Accidentally? We'll say it's or accidentally. Yeah. The, the, you know, or they let the pump smoke his, his cigarette for him. That, that was always right. my favorite. <laughs> right. Nothing right. like cigarette tar to gum up a fine instrument. But, yeah. you know. That's exactly right. I had, I had it done three times in one morning one time. Is that right? As an aside, with Doris Burns in attendance. Oh, no kidding. She got to watch my misery up close oh, I'm and personal. surprised Doris would stand for that kind of Oh, oh no, yeah, he, he took it off. And just, well, I, I, I didn't clarify enough, and the guy was a borderline jack wagon. Yeah. He's like, can I smoke while I'm wearing this? I'm like, dude, you can, you can smoke as much as you want to. I don't care. It won't hurt right. a thing. Right. Well, that didn't mean take the cigarette and inject it into the cassette and let <laughs> right. this pump smoke it for you. Exactly. And that's nice. what, so the first one died. I'm like, well, the battery shot or something happened. Put the second one on. Ten minutes later, he's back. And, oh, my pump died again. Mm-hmm. Then I happened to take it apart and sniff it. And <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, bastard. <laughs> well, I have people tamper with stuff all the time. And it happens. Can't... Very rarely, but it happens. It used to happen all the time. When I was with DOD... Well, yeah. So we were working with these same guys regularly, and we would go in and sample, and they would just mess with us all the time. I can remember the welders would take their <laughs> cassette off of their collar and hold it down over the over the plume, you know, and uh, just load it up. What they didn't realize was that all of a sudden <laughs> they're, they're going to be in respiratory protection after that, you know. They, they're always kind of, whoa, 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 let's, uh, let's redo that. I think maybe that was a bad result, but. It, it happened. I mean, I could probably count the times that somebody, I mean, Willfully mess with my stuff on one hand, probably two for sure. Yeah, but you know, usually I, would, I know part of the when we when I'd hang pumps, I'm like, you know, I'm doing this to see what you're picking up. Right. And if I don't get a true picture of it, we're not going to know if you're 
needing to wear something or not needing to wear oh, something. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So please, if you could just do the best job you can, I'd greatly appreciate it. And right. I won't have to come back two or three more times to do this. I've actually found that true too, man. You probably have as well. I mean, if, if you explain it to them, yeah. you give them some idea of what you're doing, why you're I'm, doing it. I'm not here it. to torture you on purpose. Yeah, they're usually pretty good about it. I mean, have you ever had to load one person up with two or three oh, pumps and dosimeters I, and things? I, I try to avoid that if it's at all brutal. possible, but the... That one place that you and I have in common mm -hmm. with Stone, mm -hmm. I did get castigated because I didn't hang like three different things on each guy with a <laughs> thirty-inch, thirty r, you know, thousand RPM blade spinning by their hands and their head. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, you know, I'm just, I don't think that's a very safe thing that. doing yeah. that with that much, you know, extra exactly. stuff hanging from them. But yeah, that is not a, it is not desirable. I've had to no. do that to a few people along the way, and just you know, yeah. unfortunately, dual CO2 bay. Oh yeah. So oh yeah, man. So we we are all from the generation of impingers, liquid filled impingers. I like uh, they got away from that. You know, capturing capturing our contaminant in a liquid solution hanging from the collar of somebody in a in a glass tube. L Remember those days? L luckily for me, I never got to use one. Really? I had I had those in the arsenal. Uh huh. But about the time where I was starting well, for isocyanates primarily. Right, absolutely. They did come out with a cassette that you could run fifteen minutes at a crack on and then preserve it and ship it back to them on ice. So you could do the same thing with yeah. it, and so you wouldn't have to worry about maybe burning the place down with oh, xylene man. or whatever. Oh, yeah. What was the, what was the solution? Was it xylene or the toluene? I can't remember what it was. Oh, oh Okay. Or, oh yeah. Oh, it was brutal. Yeah. Man. So I and I the Tedlar bags. We were just talking the Tedlar bags to to sample carbon dioxide, and you would literally fill up a bag with the with the ambient air, and then seal the bag, and then have to put this full bag. It looked like a like, like one of those balloons, yeah. birthday balloons, you know, and you would then put it into a box and have to ship that and hope that it got there intact. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was just ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's come a long way. And, oh, yeah. and you alluded to this earlier. The labs, I use, uh, I've used Wisconsin. I use SGS, Galson. Mm -hmm. Galson. Typically now, um, I'm, you know, and... Uh, you get incredible technical support from these oh. folks. They are, you know, they're, they're, they're basically lab dorks, you know. Yeah. Well, yeah, they're, they're and, scary smart. And they're scary smart, and they love to help you with that stuff. So if you do get to the point where you are comfortable doing your own sampling, yeah. a good laboratory, an accredited lab, and a, and a good technician. Well, and even me with 20 years, in, I, I wasn't afraid to call them when I'd see results and go, what? Well, yeah, what does this mean? Well, I, I, I don't know what this is telling me. So I would call them, whoever it happened to be, and they yeah. would you know, figure out some way to talk down the gym far enough that he could understand it. Right, and, right. They're, and they're an incredible it, yeah. help, man, if yeah. you can get a good lab. Yeah. And and you've seen it. I mean, it helps to have seen it at least once. Yeah. That, that's observed what, it. You know, at least have us come out one time and mm -hmm. look around. I mean, it's not, and even if come out again, it doesn't cost you anything. That's the right. Thing. I don't think people really realize, like, I can come out once a year, but in that once a year, my safety guy can come out once a year, my health guy can come out once a year. It's not going to cost you anything. Yeah, that's incredible, man. I mean, but it's only once a year. And, you know, we're... We can work on specific things, mm -hmm. but we're really good generalists. We can mm -hmm. come in to a place that's never had anybody in before, give them a good idea what direction they need to go. Yeah. And then from that point forward, the next year, we can keep going down that road. But, you know, if you've never, ever had anybody in before, call us. Yeah, definitely. You, you, need, you need help if you, you don't might not be aware of it. Right. And so what are your guys sampling for most? I mean, we said silica, noise is very common. It has been a strange turn of events. I think... Um, OSHA and us and the industry in general have done our jobs remarkably well. You know, it used to be when I started, and I'm sure you're the same, spray painting, spray finishing, mm -hmm. yeah. welding. I mean, we were getting overexposures constantly. 
I can't even tell you the last welding overexposure I got. I agree. It was so rare anymore. I mean, it yeah. still happens. Did you get iron oxide or was it over to iron oxide? I mean, uh, manganese. I think, you know, man, now, yeah. You know, if if there was the pell was down to the TLV, mm-hmm. manganese would be an everyday yeah, occurrence. Yeah, over all the time. And that right. that that one probably worries me the most is if manganese and probably nickel too, if that's being taken seriously enough. Right. You know, and if you're using the OSHA standards as your rule of thumb for health guidelines, right. uh, if we're doing like a school system like A, B, C, and D, and F, mm-hmm. you're, you're at about a D. Mm-hmm. I would agree, man. I mean, you, you need and to I, you know, in that discussion, we actually, that's an interesting discussion we could have sometime, but the PELs are ancient, typically antiquated and probably not protective yeah. enough. And, um, you know, there are the consensus standards that you can refer to, the TLVs, the RELs and things yeah. that are useful for decision-making. I, I always told my guys, I mean, you can use the OSHA regs are there for, for the right hazards on. Right. But if they get above a TLV from the ACGIH, you need to make it make them aware of it. Right, and, right. And, the, and, the, and they'll do a, quite a dissertation in the, in the, in the report. Though. Good. So they explain everything they've yes. found. If and we find anything that is out of the ordinary or of concern, you're going to get a pretty detailed breakdown of it. Oh, good. What, how, like, why is the concern? What is the concern? And some ideas on how we think it would be, you know, cost effective to fix mm-hmm. it, um, but you know, right now, it's silica is probably the big thing. You know, we used to, hexchrome was huge for a while, right? It was, and now everybody's got, you know, if they do hexchrome, they send it off somewhere to everybody that's suited up and has mm-hmm. the right machinery for it. There's a few out there that still do it, mm-hmm. and we still find them every once in a while. But uh, silica right now is the hot button. I'd yeah. say, I would agree. That's probably what I sample the most right now. Noise, obviously, noise, yeah, noise is, is very still there, consistent. Yeah. Uh, and silica, probably. Yeah. In fact, I just got a call yesterday about doing some silica sampling for a company that I will not name, of course. Oh, you know, enforcement has ears everywhere. Everywhere. As we know. But, um, so let me tell you, I, um, I had the occasion one time, this is, uh, you, you never know what you're going to get into. I used to carry, when I was with OSHA, uh, it's interesting with OSHA, when you are the new hygienist, when I came into the office back in 96, um, Joan Bowen and Seth Burmeister, former Bloomfield Award winner, Seth Burmeister, were the, were the hygienists in the office at the time. Um, I'd been doing hygiene for about seven years, so I can remember the first time I was actually calibrating pumps, and Seth asked me, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm, ca- I'm calibrating pumps, and he just looked at me like I was an alien. I was like... Uh, uh, we don't do that here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We calibrate pumps, but let me don't spend so much time on it or whatever. You know, I mean, and it, you know, Seth obviously was an, a great hygienist, but uh, liked to kid with me a little bit. But you know, I I got that training back with DOD um, and got a lot of training on industrial hygiene with DOD. Actually, I got to Department of Labor, and then the training almost dried up, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. You know, um, but I run into these situations from time to time. Um, I was at a place not too long ago, a place that you may have been to at some point. Um, I show up to do noise monitoring and silica sampling. And this, you know, we were using um, cyclones, Mm -hmm. you know. I've seen some of those uh, particle impactors that you can use now that are Mm -hmm. apparently validated for silica. But I'm a a cyclone guy from way back. So we use the cyclones. And I showed up to do the sampling and uh, typically, the employer will line up people from each job category or however you've determined you're going to do your, your event. And uh, so a number of the employees were women, and um, we would, they would come into the break room or the area where we were going to be, you know, donning the pumps and the equipment. And they've all got on, um, they've all got on 
uh, yoga pants. Yep. And some kind of like uh, fairly like slight T-shirt or yes. something. And uh, there's just, I mean, back in the day, you know, people at, at the factory were wearing blue jeans, belts, and yep. work shirts. And you could hang equipment all over them and ha- not have a problem. And now all of a sudden, I'm I'm arriving in some of these work locations. And, man, you cannot hang a pump from yoga pants. I've, tr- I've tried, and it... It's not a great strategy. You need to carry belts, or and now there are sampling vests yeah. that you can put all the equipment in, but yeah. uh, I, I've embarrassed myself on more than one occasion. Yeah. I, actually, I, I, had, I had the fun and joy. Now, you'll appreciate this after the, the terror we've gone through with the bureaucracy of getting the oh sponsorship through. Yeah. Uh, I actually got the state of Nebraska to purchase web belts from Cheaper Than Dirt. Really, the catalog out of Texas that mm-hmm. is, but there I kept having the same thing. I'd go to this place and all the gals were wearing sweatpants and t-shirts, right. and I'm like, where am I going to attach this equipment to because it's going to pull down a sweatpant? Absolutely, the tear yeah. of the t-shirt. Right, and I ended up I think I got them for like five bucks a pop, but I still have every all the guys carry them in their in their loadout box now. They all disappeared. <laughs> Exactly. I, I really, yeah, that was always, so it's a good idea yeah. uh, to arrange those things and maybe communicate that ahead yeah. of time. Yeah. I tell my, my clients now, hey, make sure the people that I'm going to be sampling clothing. are yeah, wearing some clothes and, and they have belts or something on yeah. that you can attach to. Anybody industrial hygienist out there, I would recommend that you have web belts, duct tape, and the good rubber bungee cords from the truck stop. Right. You can work wonders with those three items. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, duct tape, critical. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely critical. I've, I've lost a lot of, uh, so I used to, well, you probably did too. We, all of the, the noise dosimeters had a microphone and a cord mm-hmm. attached to the dosimeter. Now they make those, you know, those cordless yeah, the ones that, shoulder mounted, yeah. those edges and different things like that, which I use all the time. But I can't tell you how many cords I got cut. I was sampling at a place up in Blair and the, it's kind of a metal fabrication outfit. And these guys were climbing under and around oh, yeah. their and, and they every time I'd come back to check on the dosimeter, the cord was cut. Yep. I mean, they probably I probably had ten dosimeters out, and we cut at least six cords off. You know, so those those little self-contained microphone dosimeters yeah. with no cords have helped me. They're they're awesome. Yeah. I, I worry about their longevity. They're not very good for replacing. No. Yeah. Thing. Yeah. It all gets. Well, and that's another thing too, man. That your equipment can get just destroyed with the with the materials yeah. or the process. I always had always a challenge. two pumps for like spray finishing operations. Then I finally got smart, put that college degree to work, and bought baggies <laughs> right. and would put them inside a baggie. Yeah, you know, open at the bottom, but I right. used them like a raincoat for them, and that saved try to keep them decon problems. That that solved that problem. Yeah, they do get destroyed. And man. silica too. I mean, silica that's like sandblasting and chipping out concrete drums. Yeah. is just horrible on them. So mm-hmm. I mean, that saves them too. Yeah, you can. Yeah, there are a lot of little tricks, and the, the, again, those are things that. You may not be aware of if you're doing this on your own. And, again, not to discourage people from doing some of their own sampling, but that first time or two. The the labs frown on you sending their pumps back to them uh, looking horrible when they went out clean. Covered in paint. Yeah, covered in paint or God knows what else. I know I've done a lot of that, man. Um, What are we missing with? I mean, we can talk more about the actual practice of industrial hygiene and how to do these things at some point. But I guess the one thing I'd I'd throw out for right now, with the COVID being a big a big topic, Mm -hmm. um, my guys are putting together, I guess, for lack of a better term, a sample program, if you will, for 
everybody that's starting back up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, what do I need to do to make sure my employees are protected? Do I need to do screening? How do I do screening? Oh, very good. What do I look for? Uh, Mr. Akuda wrote a pretty voluminous document when this all started on best practices from CDC. Mm-hmm. Um, Mr. Blake came up with screening protocols. So we're going to try and put that into one document, you know, for lay people to understand. Nice. And if you have questions or have concerns or if you just want us to come out and, and hold your hand, for lack of a better term, yeah. while this process starts up again, let us know. Because, you know, depending on who you talk to, this might you know start up again this fall, yeah. Uh, yeah. later this summer even. Are you guys out in facilities right now? We just got the green light this last week to go hit it again. Good. So we are we're aligning with everybody that we had on schedule and we had to call and cancel. Hopefully they've all been contacted and given a shot at you know getting, oh, getting back getting on back the, on the schedule. Yeah, good. Uh, we're, uh, we have one gentleman going out Wednesday. He'll be our first one out. So nice. I mean we're we're up and running for the moment. I mean until we're told we're not. Yeah, very good. And that is something I mean particularly right now that everybody needs to pay attention to. There is a little bit of uh, you know there is a, a little bit of um, social distance challenge in hanging equipment and stuff on employees, and so that's going to be the fun part. I mean, I, I can see it right now. We're going to have to start masking everybody up. Yeah, you do have to. Uh, I've done some sampling over the on last our few side, months. I mean, Absolutely, the, and yeah. well, and most of the plants that I go into, if we're doing sampling, we we both wear a mask, yeah. even if it's just for that moment where we have yeah. to get the equipment up and running. It's, it's a brave new world, unfortunately, but we'll yeah, we'll figure out a way. We yeah, always do. Absolutely, but it's great, and so. Um, You've got how many safety consultants? You've got two industrial hygienists. We got three safety for the moment, anyway. Three yeah, safety. Hopefully, sometime in the future, maybe we'll get some more funding out. And we can steal some people back. I know a guy. He would be an excellent consultant. He would. It's a great. It's a great way to learn the business, man. It I is. Mean, I mean, like, I, I can't say enough about. It. I've learned so much over the years and and met so many wonderful people. Yeah. Who, who, for example, who might have been your mentors as an IH over the years? Uh. uh there's a gentleman at OSHA right now. His name is Phil Pasali. He he held my hand for many years as I started out. Um, Doug Fletcher, you know. Damn. Oh Jesus, man, you are a train wreck. <laughs> um, you know, I'm trying to think who. Uh, you know, I hate to say this, but for the other than those, you and the other gentleman, most of what I learned, I had to learn out of that that textbook. Yeah. I didn't yeah, have the internet. I didn't have the internet those days. Right, and my my boss didn't know anything about industrial hygiene. I did you, have you I did have, have the one technical manual I, I, at your disposal. I, I did have one mentor that I I am going to remain nameless. I don't know. I think he's driving a cab right now, mm-hmm. and I'm not and I'm and I'm not joking. Right. Um. It, I, it was. Uh, it's it was, not for everybody. It's not for everybody, and the, the, call it a mentorship. I don't think it would be doing it the proper yeah. justice. Right. But I mean, I learned what not to do. Absolutely, and there's some, and there's some importance to that too, man. I mean, without yeah. question, um, there are some nuances to this, and knowing not what not to do is just as important. Sometimes. Yes, it is. It is sometimes. You know, seeing seeing failure at its up close and personal yeah. does have. An I think impact. we're all afraid of that, man. But I, I can't tell you how many times when I was sampling, you just have to be able to, you know. Think on your feet because, as you said, equipment would fail, pumps yeah. would fail, you're juggling, you know, I mean, something else would happen. It's just uh, it got a very to, dynamic experience. I want to say the last five to seven years, I finally got to the point where I had actually got a separate Pelican case, and I actually found this uh, padding that's actually used for photographers that you can make all your different padding compartments. Mm-hmm. And I would carry at all times a four-gas meter, calibration gas, every cassette, and tube that didn't have a shelf life, mm-hmm. extra tubing, extra pumps, because invariably I would get to Atkinson, Nebraska, right? And they'd say, "Oh, we got this one process over here. We kind of want you to look at it while you're here." 
and I'd go, now nah, I got to come back. You got to come back. Yeah. yeah. And it's a day out, the day back. So, right. So, yeah. That, I, you know, that one really was, and we'll talk more about uh, OSHA industrial hygiene at some point in the future, man. It's, uh, it is a whole different animal, the enforcement industrial hygiene, as, a, as opposed to just basic consultative yeah. industrial hygiene. And we were always, I mean, I, I you know, just, just to touch on a few things, we're running out of time, but we, when I was an industrial hygienist in the field, we ran a couple of programs. We did a silica program even back then, and this is the, the 90s and early 2000s, where we would drive around the state using a Department of Roads uh, construction map looking for dust clouds. <laughs> and and they would send me out to northwest Nebraska. There, you know, there was on the schedule for one of the highways, Highway 2 or whatever, there was going to be some uh, construction work. Go up there and see if you can find a dust cloud. You know, I mean, that's, you know, I guess that's part of recognition and the recognition, evaluation, and control. Uh, but well, yeah. uh, it was not a terribly e- efficient way to do industrial hygiene. <laughs> and, uh, you know, a number of others, you know, I mean, it's a difficult thing, man. I, I will tell you, from an enforcement standpoint, it was really odd, an odd coincidence that when I would arrive to do some sampling, the process was unfortunately not underway at that time. I found that to be just this incredible coincidence, you know? That's yeah. a big difference between consultation and enforcement. Exactly. Well, you know, when, when you've scheduled with consultation, you want that information. Yeah. When OSHA shows up, I'm and, not sure you do necessarily. And I do, st- I, have, I do have a hard time trying to convey that to people because I'm like, I want to know maybe not worst case, but at least normal case. Representative, yeah. Yeah, so when you're th- if you throttle back when my guys show up, we're not going to learn anything. Right. So, you know, try and try and be busy. Try to be noisy. Try to make yeah, as do much it. stuff I as you I just want can. a normal yeah. day. Just give me a normal and, day. And I have a hard time with that because they're all, used, especially construction, they're used to looking for the blue hard hat. And as soon as it does, the, whatever the code word is goes out on the radio and everybody right. goes for a coffee break. Right. And I've had to fight that. You know, they don't know the yeah. difference. They, think we're, they always confuse us with OSHA. Sure. And... That's unfortunate, but we know we it's communications is the thing when I'm right. talking about like do if I want to learn how you're doing, I want to keep you from dying from something bad, right. do your normal thing so I can figure out what you're doing exactly and what you're exposed to and that's true. I think people is they are um, they're always tentative, you know they, they sometimes they just don't want to know really I yeah. mean they know they need to do something they may not want to know, so they they tamper a little bit with the yeah. process or alter a little bit. I'm going to tell you one story before we wrap up. I was out on a job. I was a new hygienist with OSHA. Uh, again, Seth Burmeister was one of my trainers, and Seth and I were out on a job. Uh, we were doing some noise, so we were doing some dosimetry. This is out central Nebraska. About 2 o'clock, all of the guys that we had dosimeters on came walking up to us, handing us their dosimeters, and one of them said to Seth, man, I wish you guys would come back more often. This is the earliest we've gotten off in 12 years or yeah. something like that, and they all handed in their dosimeters and took off for the day. Um, it is a little bit different animal when you're doing it, it for, from an enforcement standpoint. It um, is. It is. Definitely. They don't want to know. But from a consultation yeah. standpoint, they want and need to know, man. And, you so. know, and the thing that was scary to me is that you know we've gone out looking for something specific. The employers told us, hey, we want you to sample welding fumes for this. This is Here's the SDS sheet. This is what we're using. And then I get the lab results back, and there's something else in there. Right, it, it, it's it's a little bit terrible. We had a, we had two two years ago had that happen. It was actually a robot welder, thank God. But if it had been somebody you know burning mm-hmm. rod just mm-hmm. right up close and personal, their lead levels were like four times the Pell. Oh, really? They weren't supposed to have lead in the shop. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? And that that's what terrifies me at night 
I'm sitting there thinking, like, how many people, you know, have, are not doing something, you know, they haven't done monitoring because they think they know what's in their stuff. Right. And then, because they had no idea, and we had to go through a pretty lengthy process, the, the, the manufacturer finally came back and said, well, sometimes we have a slight bit of contamination. So they, they called it lightly leaded <laughs> right, right. metal. <laughs> oh, that's okay. Yeah. They come from China, lightly leaded. Uh... Yeah. So, but, you know, thankfully, a little bit of ventilation tweaks here and there and everything yeah. went back to normal, but... If we had just relied on what we'd but they done. they had no idea. No idea. And, you know, we'd been there year in, year out, too. This is what the scary thing. That's mm-hmm. one place where we used to go in about every year. Right. And we found that just by accident. Mm-hmm. And they'd had who knows how many batches that they'd right. worked. They they Luckily, they did you know swabs and did some blood testing and found out that it hadn't migrated off-site yet. Oh, that's good. But, yeah, so it's stuff like that that, you know, because especially lead, you know, you yeah. got to get a pretty good, you know, snootful to do some harm to you, but your kids, it doesn't take much. Mm-hmm. You're dragging it home with you and things yeah, like that. And well, we'll have to talk more about this, man, because yeah. we are just scratching the surface, and I think it's an incredibly interesting subject. But look, we're about out of time, so we're going to wrap this thing up. Jim, thanks again, man. Yeah, it's always any, good to anytime, see you. Anytime, anytime. Appreciate your time. And uh, I would encourage everybody that's not using consultation to get on the website or give Jim a call, check into it. If you're not using consultation, you need to be using consultation. Uh, it was you know, intended for small businesses. I mean, it is a service you're paying for through taxes and other contributions to the state government. so You've already written the check. You might you've written the check. Get your, get your money's worth. Uh, I want to thank CCS Group. I want to thank Safety Reports and the Nebraska Department of Labor Onsite Consultation Group for sponsoring the program. Uh, it is a sincere um, pleasure to have you guys on board. I appreciate that, man. Uh, everybody else, uh, have a great weekend. Uh, it is... Uh, it's 5 o'clock on the uh, eastern tip of Greenland right now, I think. So let's all get out of here and uh, get our weekend started. Uh, just remember why we're doing this. Focus on the why. Keep up the good work, and we'll talk to you next week. Later. A Parkville Media Production.